0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very warm welcome to Squawk Box, everybody. We are live across London ahead of the NATO leaders meeting here in the British capital. Here are your headlines. The Dow drops 250 points while the S&P 500 has its worst day in two months as President Trump revives global trade fears after surprising markets with tariffs on steel and aluminium imports from Brazil and Argentina.
1: And Trump touches down in the UK for that meeting of NATO leaders as tensions continue to divide the alliance. Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg tells CNBC member states must stand together.
2: I'm looking forward to the uh, leaders meeting um, uh, on Wednesday because when there are differences I think it's even more important that we meet, sit down and address these issues face to face as will be on Wednesday.
3: The American president is due to meet with France's Emmanuel Macron after the US threatens 100% tariffs on up to $2.4 billion of French goods in response to France's digital services tax.
0: Meanwhile, new ECB president Christine Lagarde says she is still, quote, trying to learn central bank language as she asks for time in her debut testimony at the European Parliament.
2: Bear with me, uh, show a little bit of patience, don't overinterpret.
3: <clears throat> Cyber Monday is set to haul in more than $9 billion, with consumers spending $11 million every minute in the final hour of the largest US online shopping day ever.
0: So very good morning. Everybody. Very good morning, Karen. Good morning. And we've got quite a day ahead of us here in the UK. Not only all these meetings, but we've got to talk about the markets. What a remarkable turn of events overnight as we got markets sharply lower and obviously a new phase in the trade row. So let's go on to this. President Trump has now landed here in the UK after delivering What is another tariff surprise that has impacted stock markets around the world? The White House announced levies on Brazilian and Argentinian steel and aluminium imports, sending Wall Street sharply lower. Well, Asian equities haven't been able to buck that trend. We are weaker across the suit in terms of the Asian story with markets as disparate as Australia and China underperforming. President Trump is here in the UK for the highly anticipated NATO meeting, marking 70 years since the alliance's creation. The gathering comes amid deep divisions amongst leaders regarding spending pledges, Syria and the relevance of NATO itself. So as part of our extensive tag team coverage this morning, we have at Buckingham Palace, Willem. There's going to be a critical dinner there later on in the day. And from the US ambassador's residence where President Trump is staying, Charlotte. And Charlotte is also our French correspondent, so we'll get on to the issue of those additional tariffs likely to be put on French products. But... The president here for the big NATO leaders reception. There will be this big dinner at the palace later where he will sit down with her majesty. But of course, there are many sharp issues to do with NATO that are on the agenda. So, Willem, let's start with you at Buckingham Palace. Perhaps you could just focus down on some of those key points for us and those areas where there may be some disagreement here in London.
1: Well, Jeff, since President Trump came to office and actually during his presidential campaign, he was a staunch critic of the way that NATO operated. In his view, the United States contributed more financing towards the alliance than some of the other member states, and that they needed to step up their spending levels in order to make it feel, at least to him, like the US wasn't having to carry water for them. What we've seen over the last three years, since that criticism became so public, was that spending levels at a lot of the NATO members have increased closer to the 2% that is a necessary component of membership. And President Trump, on his way here yesterday in Washington, spoke about that to reporters outside the White House.
4: It has not been a fair situation for us because we pay far too much, as you know, uh, Secretary Saltenberg said that we were responsible, I was responsible for getting over $130 billion extra from other countries that we protect that weren't paying, they were delinquent. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about a lot of things.
1: So you heard the president there with the background sound of uh, Marine One, his helicopter, of course, talking about the fact that he claims $130 billion worth of extra defence spending amongst NATO members is down to him. Of course, a lot of those members had intended to increase their defence spending year by year and would have reached that 2%, perhaps a little slower than has now happened. But for him to claim credit for that, of course, is very much of a piece with his view around the world. He'll be here later on today meeting with other European leaders, meeting with NATO members that we don't yet necessarily know some of the details around. And then they'll all be gathering here at Buckingham Palace. As you mentioned, there are divisions among them when it comes to how NATO operates, NATO's effectiveness. We've heard uh, President Macron not so long ago describe it as a brain dead organisation. So it will be very interesting to see how these leaders publicly address the spending changes amongst some of them, and the future viability of this alliance, there was a great quote from Susan Rice, Obama's former national security advisor overnight to The Guardian newspaper. She said she didn't think that the US would necessarily withdraw from NATO. She didn't see that it necessarily would collapse anytime soon. But she did anticipate what she called death by a thousand cuts.
0: And Willem, let me just pick up. Obviously, NATO and the 70-year anniversary is going to be in the headlines. But, of course, here in the UK, we are in the middle of a general election campaign. And President Trump, in the past, has expressed his support and affection for Boris Johnson. But it's quite interesting the extent to which Boris Johnson seems to be going to avoid any very public meeting with President Trump at this point. Just walk us through this particular story and narrative and why this may be relevant in the context of who becomes the next leader of the country here in the UK.
1: So in the past, President Trump has very publicly endorsed Boris Johnson as a prime ministerial candidate and he's very publicly criticised Jeremy Corbyn, his main opponent, the head of the Labour Party here in the UK, More recently, when Boris Johnson was asked by an interviewer about Trump's visit this week and whether it would impact or influence the election campaign, he tried to shy away from the question. He's not seemingly holding any bilateral meetings with the US president, even though he's repeatedly talked about the closeness of the US-UK relationship. And one of the main reasons for that, one only imagines, but it's very clear based on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is that the Labour Party has hammered again and again at the Conservative Party on the possibility that in the future, a conservative led government would potentially engage in trade talks, trade negotiations with the US that would allow for U.S. drug companies to get heavily involved in the National Health Service here in the U.K. They found uh, during their polling data, this is a very effective attack line. And so that's something that when it comes to the optics, to use that horrible phrase, it's something the British Prime Minister might be very leery of having photographs of him and President Trump, video of him meeting with President Trump with just a few days until that election on December the 12th.
3: Uh, Willem, thank you very much for setting the scene ahead of what is uh, likely to be a very interesting uh, day down where you are at Buckingham Palace. Meantime, President Trump will sit down with uh, French President Emmanuel Macron. That's going to be a headline story today, of course, as well. The meeting with Macron will be overshadowed by a White House decision to propose 100% tariffs on $2.4 billion worth of French goods. Uh, Charlotte is at the US ambassador's residence in London where they will meet this afternoon. Charlotte, there is a fairly big mock movie story I'm playing, uh, unfolding I should say, around tariffs, this time with fresh tariffs going on imports on steel and aluminium from Brazil and Argentina. At the same time, the market is weighing up the potential for retaliation over a digital services tax from France. Just talk us through the issues that Macron and Trump are likely to be debating.
5: Well, first, we're going to meet here ahead of NATO after these infamous comments from President Macron of the brain dead NATO, somewhat agreeing with President Trump that NATO as it stands cannot carry on, that it needs a new leadership and new thinking needs to rethink its future. They might differ on the diagnosis and how to address that, but very much saying NATO as it exists cannot carry on. That's maybe. But overnight you have these news coming on trade First is WTO ruling on this long standing battle on airbus subsidies Uh now WTO ruling that. Uh, the Europe European countries have failed to address the distortion that some of the uh, money that they've been allowing Airbus to have in subsidies, uh, they have failed to address those. And uh, so the U.S. Trade Department came out saying they might put some extra tariffs to the ones announced already in October, $7.5 billion already announced. They would affect uh, some aircraft, about 10% on airlines, but also wine, about 25% tariff. But they came out yesterday saying they might put some extra tariffs uh, given this WTO ruling. and also overnight, as you mentioned, this tech tax um, ruling, the U.S. Trade Department uh, publishing yesterday their conclusion of the investigation that it started in July when the French Parliament voted the 3% tech tax on companies that will make $750 million and about 25 million of those in Europe, uh, Euros, excuse me, not dollars, and 25 million of those in France, and they would have to pay a tax of 3%. Uh, the U.S. trade uh, put this investigation out uh, about whether this was an unfair trade practice so their conclusion were published yesterday um, and with a list of goods that would potentially be affected and you had cheese and you had champagne on that list which escaped uh, the, the, the tariffs on the WTO ruling that, we, that I just mentioned in October and also handbags so we'll have to keep an eye also on the uh, um, companies like LVMH or the open and, and this sort of um, uh, companies and shares because they They could move, they were spared in this WTO ruling list of um, goods that could be impacted by tariffs in the US. Now these new tariffs on these French goods on the back of the tech tax could come into play up to 100%. Uh, Now President Trump, the administration have to wait and see whether they will impose them. But this list has been put out as a warning. So all this will very much be on the table in this discussion when President Macron and President Trump meet this afternoon at 3CET here at the US Ambassador's residence in London. It's such a significant
3: one for markets because there's been an assumption and I think it's been an unfair assumption that President Trump can only wage one trade war at a time. And we've got many investors waiting for a phase one trade deal to be inked. And they thought, well, once that gets done with China, maybe we can start having another look at other trade wars that could be waged potentially with Europe. But here we are. There isn't any waiting it out for a phase one trade deal. We have potentially another trade threat at this point. And if you think about the digital services tax and whether there's any global accord to go forward with it, you've got to wonder whether the French could be going it alone on this tax and uh, whether this threat between the US and France will just be these two countries alone, or whether it could widen out to other countries like the UK that has a digital services tax, Italy, Austria and Turkey. What do you think? What do you think the French line is going to be on this? And will they stick to it if there is a, a full clash with
5: the United States? Will you remember that at the moment there is a truce, uh, they came to an agreement at the G7 in Biarritz to give the OECD, to put the, the OECD in charge of coming up with a global frame uh, to, for tech tax across uh, the world. So the OECD have to come up in 2020 with their proposal. In January, there's a first meeting where they represent the first draft of this proposal. And this is when really uh, the US administration will establish whether they think progress is going fast enough and whether they happy with what is being put on the table and only then we will know if and when the Trump administration decide to put some tariffs on those French goods on the back on the French tax. Uh, of course, you have to remember, President Trump is starting to be on campaign mode. Uh, trade war has been part of his rhetoric and there's a certain element of um, unpredictability here. So we'll have to wait and see on how he wants to play out, as you said, starting several fronts on the trade war here. So very much part of the discussion uh, for the next few weeks.
0: Terrific. Charlotte, thank you very much indeed for that. And, of course, uh, we've seen uh, President Macron embroiled in a debate over the future of NATO, this organisation that's celebrating uh, 70 years of existence. Um, The French president talking about uh, the brain-dead nature of the role of NATO going forward. In turn, we heard the uh, Turkish leader suggesting that... um, Mr. Macron may indeed be brain dead for his comments, but we caught up with the NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg. He spoke to CNBC ahead of the meeting and addressed the threats currently facing the military alliance.
2: We don't want to create new adversaries, uh, but we need to just uh, discuss and address uh, the consequences of the rise of uh, uh, China, uh, and uh, both look at the opportunities, but also uh, look at the challenges. And as long as NATO allies stand together, we are strong and we are safe. Uh, sometimes when I go to the United States, I hear people expressing concerns about the size of China. And of course, China, China is big, their economy is big, their, their military forces are, are, are growing. Uh, but as long as NATO allies stand together, uh, we are by far the strongest military, military power in the world.
3: Coming up on the show, President Trump threatens fresh tariffs on two South American countries and lines up further levies against another key ally. More when we return.
0: And we're going to catch up on the markets and everything else you need to know for the trading day ahead. We will also give you the opportunity to hear that all over again in our very own podcast. Be sure to tune into that. Go to CNBC.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to have a listen and download today's episode. I know it's going to be terrific.
1: If you enjoy Squawkbox Europe, check out the Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends, and colleagues, the Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience, and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse.
3: President Trump has slapped tariffs on Brazilian and Argentinian steel and aluminium imports. In a tweet, Trump said the decision is in response to what he calls massive devaluation of their currencies. He added the measures would be effective immediately. Officials from both South American countries were left wrong-footed by the announcement and say they will contact Washington for discussions. Speaking ahead of his trip to the UK, Trump said the move will support America's agricultural industry.
4: Brazil has uh, really discounted, if you take a look at what's happened with their currencies. They've devalued their currency very substantially by 10 percent. Argentina also. And I gave them a big break on tariffs, but now I'm taking that break off. Because it's very unfair to our manufacturers and very unfair to our farmers. Our steel companies will be very happy, and our farmers will be very happy
3: those potential import tariffs on Brazilian and Argentinian uh, steel and aluminum oiled markets along with the uh, concerns too that there could be fresh retaliatory tariffs on French goods in response to a digital services tax. So what we had uh, many markets now watching very closely the tariff threat as they've been waiting it out for some news on the Chinese front. So we've got an escalation of tariffs taking place. In addition to that, evidence in the data again that there's been a hit to the US economy, this and the manufacturing news that crossed yesterday. uh, And it it really did have the impact of capping many of those gains we've seen on markets for the last couple of months where it's been a very strong trade. So the pullback, uh, fairly sizable. If you look at the percentage drops, more than 1% coming off the the NASDAQ, uh, the fall, 1.1 odd percent. So the worst day in about seven weeks for the Dow, the S&P and NASDAQ, Russell 2000 as well. The uh, overall uh, challenge is to see whether some of these big sectors that have been well and truly out in front, whether they can hold on to those gains at this point if we see the same narrative. Technology, I just call out that sector, as you saw the reverse on the NASDAQ. Technology has been leading year to date with gains of about 40 odd percent. Big question is whether it now sticks coming up to year end, whether we have a Santa Claus rally or whether some of this rhetoric now from President Trump will be enough to keep the selling to uh, on pace to continue coming up to this key holiday period. In terms of other sectors, real estate, industrials, all lag with declines. Consumer staples, though, slight improvement in that sector. In terms of what we're seeing elsewhere on markets, let's take a look at some of the yields uh, that we saw in treasuries yesterday. Uh, Worth noting uh, the the movements here, 1.84% is what we're looking at. On the 10-year, there was a bit of a flight into safety. The tier 1.61 is what we've got on the boards. The dollar as a result too. A quick look at how we're trading On the boards with uh, some safety uh, back on the table. Dollar gaining versus the Japanese yen. That's set up about a tenth of a percent. Dollars improving to the Chinese currency. Mixed picture when it comes to the majors on this side of the pond. Euro on the back foot, 110.74 versus the dollar. Sterling ahead, 129.41. A slight improvement at this point. In terms of the oil price, uh, this is uh, how sensitive we are this morning. There's been a bit of an escalation. There are some expectations that OPEC, well, and its allies will, in fact, agree to deepen some of the production cuts. So uh, separate to the demand story, investors very much trading on the supply side. And you can see that's uh, created a bit of a tick up in the oil price this morning. Gold prices 1460, uh, slight drift south morning session. Asia markets says we continue to weigh up uh, the ramifications of some of the trade talks. Don't forget uh, data out of China was a supportive factor for the markets over the weekend. The read-ins that we had on manufacturing were positive, better than what we've had in recent months. But some of that has been offset by the data on manufacturing out of the U.S. overnight. And you can see a very flat picture across those Chinese markets, a slightly weaker for Hong Kong and South Korea. The opening calls here in Europe as we get set up for what will be a fairly significant day here in the UK. We are chasing green areas across the border. Tally market looks supported. Triple digit upbeat day anticipated. You can see modest signals to the upside for the core markets in Europe. Jeff.
0: Uh, let's just run through uh, some of those other stories then that um, are impacting the direction of travel for these markets. Washington says it may raise tariffs on a variety of European goods after the World Trade Organization rejected claims by the EU that it no longer provides subsidies to Airbus. The WTO found the planemakers A380 and A350 jets continue to be helped by previous European government loans. In response, the U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer said Washington would begin the process of exploring higher duties on European products. He said more information would be released later this week. The US manufacturing sector has contracted for a fourth straight month. The November ISM print came in lower than expected at 48.1 versus an expected 49.4. Trade war ambiguity and fears of recession have fueled the month-long contraction in US factory activity. President Trump has admitted legislation backing Hong Kong protesters makes trade negotiations with China more difficult. Beijing has blocked U.S. military ships and aircraft from visiting Hong Kong in response to the move. While the Global Times says it will soon release the unreliable entities list, imposing sanctions on those that harm Chinese interests. President Trump says Beijing still wants to make a deal despite the retaliatory measures.
4: The Chinese are always negotiating. I'm very happy where we are, and, frankly, uh, I could be other places that I could do all by myself and be even happier. And you understand what that means. But the Chinese want to make a deal. We'll see what happens.
0: The Chinese want to make a deal. Um, Well, that's been the narrative all the way through here, Karen, as we know. But it's been uh, dog whistle politics, as far as I can tell, for this whole story. And whilst we seem to have taken one step forward, we've obviously gone a couple of steps back in this uh, situation with the Chinese. And now for those bulls on this market to year-end who are hoping for the Christmas rally. It is time to recork that bottle of Cristal or Bollinger Because it may be the case that we end up with more extensive tariffs against European products, not only French products, but of course we have this uh, new round of tariffs imposed against Argentina and Brazil. And
3: maybe there's a message in those new tariffs on Brazil and Argentina for the Chinese. And don't forget they've been closely watching many of the discussions with allies. What you had was... uh... Tariffs that were rolled back on these two countries initially, they were granted exemptions. And now they've gone back into force because of so-called currency devaluation. Think about the Chinese situation. You've got over time a currency that does decline sometimes based on the economic fortunes of a country, but highly political given the, the nature of how much trade takes place between the US and China. So what? You get a phase one trade deal. Tariffs get rolled back as part of that deal. Then they go back into force at some point down the track because there might be a devaluation of the Chinese currency. If you're President Xi, would you be willing to sign up for that type of deal where there's no guarantee on the tariff front? I mean, how are you going to ink that into a phase one trade deal, that there'll be no tariffs for the foreseeable future? Is that going to be something that Trump would be willing to give away?
0: Um, let's just have a look at uh, DXY if we can we'll just pop this up because let, let's put some let's put some framework on the, on the bare bones here uh, the reality is that the dollar has been strong the Americans enjoy a relative lead on interest rate differentials why would we see currency weakness in brazil and argentina well political instability might be one factor um challenges that uh, the brazilian uh, leader bolsonaro is facing in getting his economy under control and dealing with deficits and debt and of course there is the the broader issue as i say of that um interest rate lead that the americans enjoy this question of punishing these countries for perceived intervention in the currency markets, I think still has an element of doubt for me here.
3: Uh, Let me just tell you about what's happened on markets, though. If you think about the commodity story, you've got a problem with demand for commodities because of all the concerns around a trade war and the global economic growth at this point. So what does Brazil have? has commodities. So of course the currency has been hit and of course the country's economic fortunes have been hit. But just in terms of markets volatility now finally spiking after we saw that very weak period of volatility which almost had that sense of dead calm on markets that maybe was just too complacent.
0: Uh, We've got a whole slew of guests coming up over the next uh, two and a half hours to talk about the markets and uh, the direction of travel we're likely to go in for the rest of this year. So we will get into that as we run through the programme this morning. Just on the NATO anniversary, we're already getting some comments here from uh, uh, Mr. Odawan from Turkey. He says Turkey expects allies to support Turkey in its fight against terrorism. It is inevitable for NATO to renew itself, Turkey expects solidarity against terror threats. And I think that gives us a, a good sense of uh, the narrative that we're going to hear from the Turkish leader um, as he arrives for these uh, 70-year anniversary. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com.
3: Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cupmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.